Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report Podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, how are we doing on this Wednesday afternoon? Good. Yeah. Um, kind of seems like we, we were just talking about what we were at this past week, and it seemed like we hit pretty much every single sport this past week. So, um, yeah, a lot of good games. You were able to go at least to one close game, which is kind of a rarity for you this uh, spring season. It seems like you've been going out to a lot of blowouts. Um, but, yeah, some really good games over the last few days. Um, got some nice weather now. Hopefully it kind of sticks around for a little bit um, as we kind of – shocking to say, but we are like two weeks away from uh, boys' tennis sections, and uh, that's just kind of crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it's going fast. It You know, looking back, it's only been – I think less than almost a month. The spring season has been going on, but it feels a bit longer than that, honestly, with we've been, like you said, getting to a lot of different sports. We'll, we'll hit kind of all the major ones that we got to see this last week. We'll also touch on a couple scores and notes and a few college things at the end of the show too. But yeah, there's, there's a lot going on. And yeah, I've been to a lot of lacrosse games, four or five that have been blowouts so far this year, but this one was finally a close one I got. It was a 12 to 10 win for St. Cloud. Uh, over Sartell Sock Rapids and, you know, a matchup that you saw earlier uh, when it was eight to seven. Um, and, you know, a last minute winner for you. This one was tied 10 to 10 with two minutes left and St. Cloud scored too late. So, uh, you know, no matter kind of where they're at, St. Cloud had a couple more wins than the Storm and Sabres, but still they seem to always match up close. I think the stat was that five of the last six times they faced each other. It's been two goals or less has been the margin of victory. Um, St. Cloud's come out on top the last five times, but Sartell Sock Rapids won their first four meetings ever after they became a program. So um, just a really good rivalry. Uh, a lot of the guys play other sports growing up together too, not just lacrosse, um, hockey, a few others. So they're really familiar with each other and they, you know, it kind of showed there was kind of a, a feeling out period where no one scored in the entire first quarter. Um, neither team kind of seemed to, to be too fresh or have the energy. It was kind of a Monday game. I know sometimes those, uh, those take a little longer to, to get into, but once we finally did get, um, a bit of scoring, it kind of came in a wave. St. Cloud scored four goals to go, go up four to nothing. Um, it kind of led to a point where I wasn't sure if it was going to be another blowout or if the storm and Sabres were going to come back, which they did. Aiden Hilger got a couple goals. He ended the, the night with five goals. Um, he's up to almost 30 on the season, top 10 in the state and goals and assists. So, um, you know, he kind of got them back in the game. A couple other people stepped up as well on the offense. Um, John Claypool and a few others to Easton Portner had a goal near the end. Um, and, you know, they, they just maintained every time St. Cloud got a goal or two up, they came back and got a goal or two themselves. And it was just really fun. You know, St. Cloud did punch in a couple there right at the end. Um you know, Joe Torberg, sophomore, he had four goals um, and a couple other guys had hat tricks for St. Cloud, too. So um, just just a really interesting game to see. They still match up really close. Uh, I think St. Cloud right now is kind of sitting at around the three seed in the section of your QRF, which um, I don't think they've ever been higher than like a seven or eight seed um, or even a nine seed. Actually, I think it was so um, being able to host a section game would be huge for them. Um, be able to get a couple of that wins, get that experience. A lot of their you know, they have a couple of seniors that play big roles, but there's also a lot of younger guys that play for them. So um, program going in the right way and also Sartell Soccer Rapids being able to to keep pace with a team that that's high in this section, you know, gives them, I think, confidence that while they might have a little bit of a lower seed due to their record, they're sitting right around 500 right now. Um, I think they can make some noise in the section as well. And it seems like, I mean, 
when I was looking or when I was going over there to, to watch them to go, uh, it kind of seems like they St. Cloud and Sartell Sock Rapids both have some depth on the team. Um, I mean, they don't have that one goal scorer. Obviously, Aiden Hilger is um, the goal scorer for the Storm and Sabres, but you still have Easton. You still have an, another guy named Aiden, a, Aiden Lang. Um, you have Bennett, you have John. It, it just seems like there's a few guys in there that you can, you can really rely on when it comes to those last, last minutes of the game type of thing. And same with St. Cloud. I mean, you have Joe, you have Connor, you have Ryan. Um, I mean, you just have all these different guys that can, that can really change the game in a sense. Um, and a lot of them are young, which is good to see because it can develop your program quite a bit, especially with lacrosse being such a newer sport up here. Um, it can be a lot of fun to watch them, watch them continue to grow, but yeah, I'm glad. Yeah. It seemed like it was a fun game to, for you to watch. I was kind of looking at your updates while I was off on Monday and seemed like it was kind of a fun game to, to be a part of. And so, um, yeah, definitely, definitely a fun, fun one for sure. Yeah. And you know, there was, there's some really good goaltending on both sides each way too. It just looked like, you know, kind of a really you know, high level game, even their coach, Jake Saylor for the Storm and Sabres. I remember at halftime, he just like, was just telling them that was really good lacrosse you guys played. Like just the level was, was up there with what you kind of need to be. If you want to, um, you know, win a couple games in sections, get farther, especially when you play those, those city schools that have been playing for, you know, five, 10 more years, um, than you have, you need to kind of be playing at that upper level. And it definitely seemed like both teams kind of took it there. I think having that rivalry, um, knowing how close the game was the first time also led to that, which, which just led to a really, a really good game overall. So yeah, you know, it's, it's almost a shame. We, I don't know if they'll see each other again, because clearly as we've seen, you know, every time they match up um, it's going to be a good game. And that's something I'm going to look forward to in the years to come too, when they play. Yeah. And just kind of recapping the week, um, St. Cloud was able to get the 11 to seven victory over Monticello on Thursday night. Sartell Sock Rapids won 18 to four over Big Lake on Thursday as well. And then Ricori fell 22 to nothing to Brainerd on Monday night. So, um, you know, a good route or, you know, being on a little bit of a winning streak for the St. Cloud um, lacrosse team. And then obviously the Storm and Sabres getting that loss against St. Cloud, but having that nice win against Big Lake probably can, you know, catapult them a little bit as they get into the last couple of weeks before section starts up. Definitely. And then um, last night I was at tennis. We'll talk about that a little later, but you were over at softball for what seemed like a really good Albany Cathedral matchup. I know this game had been postponed at least once before. You'd been looking forward to seeing these two play. Um, and yesterday on Tuesday, we finally got it. It seemed like it delivered for sure. Yeah, no, it was it was a fun game for sure. Um, kind of a little bit of some back and forth between the two teams. Um, talking to Vance, uh, Res- Vance Wrestler. Um, the head coach for Albany, he even said, you know, this is kind of what he expected when it, when he plays Cathedral. Um, they're always a good team. They always show up regardless of whether there's a new coach, because obviously Todd Dingman is the new head coach for um, Cathedral. He said that program has just been solid every single year. And so um, he knows that it, it's nothing to mess with. And honestly, it was for the first few innings. Cathedral got up um, four to nothing in the or four to one. Um, after three innings, got a couple key key runs from a, maybe a couple errors, um, and were able to capitalize on those errors to to create runs and get that early lead. 
kind of went back and forth for the next couple of innings. Finally, it was a six to three ball game um, heading into the bottom of the sixth inning. And Albany, you know, they're a very resilient team. Um, if you've known anything about them, a lot of them have been on the girls' basketball team. In case you know that, they won the state tournament. So um, if that tells you anything, resiliency is kind of in their blood. Um, and so Paige Meyer got up on got up to the plate, and there were a couple of people on already with one out. And Vance, it was kind of funny because Vance, he's, she's getting ready to go into the batter's box and get ready to swing. And all you hear is Vance from the third to base coaching box saying, find your pitch, make sure to get your pitch. And right after he says that she steps in the batter's box, ropes one right out to left, left center field. And just a beautiful line shot over the fence to tie the game six, six. And after that, you could kind of tell the momentum was definitely shifted onto the Albany side. Um, Jordan Carlson was able to get a, a, a single that re- that scored a couple runs to make it eight to six. And then Emily McLaughlin was McLaughlin was very good um, in relief for Haley, um, Hallie Hoffarth. Um, she came in, I think, about halfway through the fourth inning, and she was able to kind of shut some player or some batters down and be able to get that win for the Albany, which was really nice to see for them. I think Albany is about there is eight and two on the season now. Um, Cathedral is eight and six. Albany has fewer losses just because they haven't played as many games because they had to start later be due to the fact that the majority of their team is the girls basketball team. And there had to be a little bit of a wait process between the winter season and the spring season because of COVID-19 and all the different protocols. So, I mean, for, for Albany, it's been a really good season so far. The main thing talking to Vance, the head coach, he's excited about just the section overall. I mean, you got, you got teams like Piers, Annandale, Holden, Ford, and then you have Albany and Cathedral basically all in the top five, top five of that section, and all of them are ranked somewhere around top 35 or higher in Class AA. So kind of shows you what this, this section is capable of doing and the amount of competition that there is. So it's not going to be an easy feat when, when you go into that section tournament. But I think Vance is really excited about it because these girls are, you know, chomping at the bit to try and beat the best. And, you know, some, t- some of the teams in the conference aren't as up there and competitive side. So being able to play your section is huge. And so he was, it was nice to get a win against Cathedral, but they'll be back. They'll be rematching on Monday next week um, at Cathedral in Wake Park. So that I'm sure that'll be a fun one just because, you know, obviously the girls, on Cathedral are kind of remembering this game pretty wholeheartedly and Albany obviously doesn't want to lose to Cathedral, um, you know, making an even, even series. So should be kind of a fun one. I'm, I'm looking forward to, I, I won't be going to that, but it should be fun to see how that game, you know, turns out. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, they've both teams have been picking up a couple wins lately. Cathedral got uh, 16 to six and 15 to three wins over little falls last week. Um, Albany got 16 to one and 10 to seven wins over Mora cathedral beat Foley by 10 runs as well. So, um, you know, both have had quite a bit of success lately. You know, they've each has sprinkled in a loss here and there, but yeah, you know, definitely two teams kind of trending in the right direction that, um, you know, met for a great game. And then also a couple other results, uh, from last night to keep an eye on were, uh, Sartell being dealt their first loss of the year by Brainerd eight to three. Um, Danica Sarf was three for three with a triple in that game, but took the loss on the mound. Um, and they were able to win three to one in the first game, uh, with Cammy Dougherty on the mound for that win. So, 
um, you know, perfect no longer, but still sitting in a really good spot at the top of the conference with um, a lot to play for still with sections also being a favorite there. Um, and then Ricori 10 running Sock Rapids, 10 to nothing. Olivia Drontel striking out 12 um, in only five innings that are giving up four hits was big. And Shelby Prom and Olivia Schroeder, both two for three at the plate there. So um, big results for them as well. Ricori continues to, you know, they, they finally had kind of a pretty big break, a week long break. Uh, to try to, you know, regain some of that steam after playing so many games in just a week or two. So they came back, uh, you know, looking pretty fresh, it seems like, after that performance. And also um, a team that seems to be kind of finding finding their groove at this middle point to late part of the regular season. Yeah, from the words of Derek Sawyer, the head coach for Ricori, uh, Shelby hit two rocket launchers for home runs um, last night. So I'm sure they were very nice home runs but she was able to get three RBIs. But yeah, like you said, Sartell and Ricori both in really good position as they get closer and closer to that section tournament time. Kind of was a little surprised by the eight to three loss for Sartell. Um, but obviously, you know, being perfect record, your team has kind of got the target on their back. And I'm sure Brainerd kind of had that mindset as they got ready for the game on Tuesday. So but all of them have been doing really well. It's looked like, I mean, four people had over two hits. Um, so that just shows you that they're still hitting the ball regardless if they win or lose. And that's what you need. I mean, if you put a ball in play, eventually something's going to happen in your favor. So be fun to see how things go for the next couple of weeks. I, I think um, Sartell should have a little bit of an easier schedule as they get closer to the end. Um, and then obviously see what happens when they start putting out brackets and different things like that when the section tournament begins. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, continue to keep our eyes on that as these last weeks of the regular season wind down, but I think that'll do it for part one. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we'll hit a couple other sports uh, that we've got to see in person the last week. So stay tuned for that. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, you know, there was there was a lot of craziness going on last Thursday with the bank robbery stuff going on. Dave wasn't able to join you out at baseball like we planned, but um, it seemed like you out there by yourself still got to see a really good game there at Tech with a walk-off, which, you know, um, I believe is the first time we got to see that this year. So that's always a fun time. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I never thought I'd be seeing a hostage situation in a bank um, in St. Cloud, but, you know, I guess you kind of have to expect the unexpected, I guess. But um, yeah, I ran out there with my uh, 200 millimeter lens and was hoping that I get to a nice spot to get a nice photo. Um, but yeah, very good game overall. Alexandria was a very good team. And I think the two of them played the second game of the season. Alexandria, Alexandria won five to one. And it was pretty good game in the, in the eyes of Steve Taylor, the head coach for tech. But when they came back to tech on Thursday night, I think the big thing was, was just pitching. Tom Hoffman was on the mound for 
the Tigers, and he had a phenomenal game. Um, great, great performance by by him and the team. He pitched six and one third inning, gave up six hits, two earned runs, three walks, and four Ks. So a very good outing for him. But the hard part was was Alexandria got a lead, and then it was two nothing as they went into the bottom of the seventh. So kind of thought maybe Alexandria might be able to you know snatch the win in kind of a bad way, I guess. Um, but all of a sudden tech kind of got a spark of life. Honestly, I think it was the rain, the rain hit like in the bottom of the seventh, just sheer amounts of rain came from the sky and it kind of made the tech or the Alexandria pitcher a little uncomfortable. You could kind of tell that he was trying to kind of squeeze the, the ball a little bit and trying to get some grip on the ball a little bit, but apparently it didn't work because he walked quite a few batters and, um, Finally made it two to one. And then Matt Friesen came up and was able to knock in a nice little shallow blooper in between the infield and the outfield and scored two runners to get the walk-off win. So he was, it was a big, big night for him. Got to write a nice feature after that, which is always a great thing after you get a walk-off win. <laughs> um, and so he's going to the university of Ohio or Ohio university. Um, and he's going to be catching there for, for them. And so was able to do a nice little story on how his baseball career kind of started. You can check that out. That was published last weekend and it's subscriber only. So make sure to subscribe to the SC times because you'll get a, a lot of nice stories, not only just mine, but also um, Zach's as well. So yeah, so definitely a fun game for sure. Um, a little bit of a wet one too, with just the amount of rain that came down, but, uh, overall a, a really nice game and a really nice win for tech. They hit a, I think it was a four game winning streak after that win on Thursday, they continued it on Tuesday, um, won the first game against Apollo seven to one to make it a five game winning streak. But then Apollo ended that with a seven to five victory in the second game. So pretty good outing for tech. Those are the types of streaks that you need kind of get on that little hot streak before um, as you get closer and closer to the end of the regular season. Definitely also a nine to four win over uh, St. Francis on, on Monday night too. So. That's true. So six game winning streak. Sorry about so, that. Yeah. Fine. You know, kind of like we talked about a little bit with some of these softball teams, you know, you want to be trending in the right direction this time of the year. Um, it seems like tech's starting to do that. I know a little bit of a setback against um, Apollo who hasn't been able to grab a ton of wins this year, but still, um, you know, kind of finding, finding their stride late, later, at least in this season. And um, a couple other uh, scores, I would say, from the last couple of days to report Saturday, Cathedral won 14 to four over Minnehaha uh, with Ryan Jansen going five for five and five RBIs. I think he's up for um, high school hub player of the week for that performance. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, pretty special when you're up at the plate that many times and deliver. Uh, and then yesterday, a pretty shocking result, I would say. Um, Brainerd beating Sartell 12 to 11 in game one and nine to seven in game two. Uh, Brainerd only hit was two and nine on the year entering that game, um, or that doubleheader and Sartell was undefeated. And, you know, it just kind of shows that I guess it doesn't really matter where you're sitting in the conference standings at this point of the year when you play this many games and, you know, even the bats were going for Sartell, I mean, 18 runs in two games, but Brainerd was kind of just able to do just enough to to get over the edge and, uh, you know, knock the Sabres off their, their undefeated season. seems like errors might've been a big contributing factor. I, I, we weren't at the game or anything and we couldn't watch any like live stream, 
But if you look at the box score, I mean, Tyler, Tyler Gentle was able to get, um, was able to get two earned runs over five innings. I think he gave up like seven runs over that time. So that means that there was five unearned runs that scored. So I'm guessing errors were a big factor in these two games in the sense of just being able to get the win in, in a sense. But I mean, a big kudos to Steven Brinkerhoff. He got five RBIs, went two for four in the first game when they lost 12 to 12 to 11. He also pitched a couple of innings, gave up only one earned run and um, a couple walks. So, so I mean, that, that was a nice outing for him. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's kind of funny because I'm planning on going out to Sartell on Thursday as they take on Mamiji and both you and I thought that it was going to be such a great matchup um, between the two teams because both of them were undefeated when we were first talking about this last Friday. And now Bemidji has lost four straight games and Sartell has lost two straight games as they head into Thursday's matchup. So both of them are undefeated in the section, which is still big implications because honestly, the winner of this game will probably get the number one seed in the section. But it's just kind of funny because like, at the if you look at the rankings last week, Mamiji's number one, Sartell's number four. They're both undefeated in Class AAA, and it's just like now, not so much. <laughs> yeah, the best the best laid plans go to the wayside sometimes. But yeah, hopefully the game still. You know, I'm hopefully for you that it's it still delivers, and we kind of see both teams. You know, get back on track in some way because, like you said, that could be very well a, a section title game or even a section semifinal game. Uh, down the road if, if things continue going their way. Well, and, and also it's it's not an easy week for Sartell. They play Bemidji on Thursday, and then they played a doubleheader against Wilmer on Monday. And Wilmer's currently ranked number three in the rankings. So not an, e- not an easy task over the next week. And those are games that you need to win in the sense of just conference title-wise, but also section placement and just to get your confidence rolling. Like you said, you want to kind of be on that hot streak heading into the end of the regular season. So these these next few games are going to be crucial for the Sabres as they get ready um, for the upcoming week. But the only other team that I kind of looked at that, you know, that's been on our radar for the last couple of weeks is Albany. Um, Obviously, they had that tough loss against Foley when I went out there. But ever since then, they've been kind of back on track. Um, They got a nice win against Cathedral four to one on Tuesday night. Ethan Navratel was able to get a home run, went two for four, and then he pitched in a complete inning or a complete game, giving up one run on five hits and three Ks. So good outing for him on Tuesday night. They also got a nice win on Friday against Mora, 10 to three. And then they also beat Zimmerman in a double header, seven to one and nine to two on Thursday. So got back on that winning streak a little bit, which is nice. I think, now it looks like they kind of have a pretty normal schedule going into the end of the season. So it wouldn't surprise me if they, you know, were able to get finish undefeated or so um, for this stretch or whatever, and then, you know, get ready for section place or section placements here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And then the only other team that's been on kind of a winning streak is for Corey. They were able to get a doubleheader win over Brainerd last week um, and then win 17 to eight over Fergus Falls last night. Um, and then six to five in the second game with a walk-off walk, actually, that Cam Miller took. Um, and Brady Lynn pitched all seven in that one um, and struck out five and gave up only three runs. So 
that, you know, it's another team to keep an eye on. I think they'll be playing Sartell again. I don't know if it's next week, but it's pretty soon. We'll get to see them kind of play again. And I think that'll give a pretty good sign where Ricori's at after they kind of went on that losing streak, kind of eh, about one third of the way through the year. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of where they stack up with another one of the top teams in the central lakes. Yeah, no, should be a good couple of weeks here. And I know for me, you know, being able to look at the section, the QRFs and such, it, it's a very tight race. So any win can kind of flip you from first to fifth to second to third, you know, it doesn't really matter. So um, right now it's a very tight race right now, but kind of transitioning, you were able to go to adapted softball on Thursday, kind of a fun, fun outing for you, a little bit of a later process. Um, just in the sense of buses not being able to come right away. But uh, talk about kind of your Thursday night and being able to watch them because it seems like they've been having a really good season so far. They definitely have, yeah. The the bus, I can't remember if it was broke down partway, something. Basically, the game was supposed to start at 4.30. I think it was 4.30. It started more at like 5.45. Um, so instead, they only played five. They agreed on a five-inning game instead of usual seven-inning game. Uh, St. Cloud was able to win. St. Cloud, which is made up of Tech, Apollo, Soccer Rapids, and Sartell. Um, for adapted softball, they won eight to two over White Bear Lake. Um, they scored five in the first inning. Once you score five, the inning ends, um, so that you're not, you know, batting through for for a long time. So you get everyone gets a chance. So um, they scored that maximum five runs with only getting one out. Um, Soccer Rapids sophomore Isaiah Jancic, he hit a three run homer in his first at bat. He also hit a grand slam in an eighteen to one win last year. So he's been really dominant for them at the plate. Um, I think he's hitting over seven hundred this year. Um, which is, which is crazy. It's his first year playing softball too, because last year there weren't obviously sports. So he would have, um, his first year in high school. And even though I think sometimes, you know, middle schoolers do play on the team, but, but head coach Mike Bakken said it was his first year playing softball and it, you wouldn't know it from how well he's playing. So he's been dominant. Another one to watch is Adam Marshall from soccer Rapids. He's been on, you know, all these state title teams and, you know, softball, floor hockey, soccer, all of it. And, uh, he's the pitcher for them. And you can just tell he, is such a great understanding of the game. He knows where to get. Um, he's grabbing ground balls and touching like multiple bases in the same same at bat, tagging out other runners. Um, just just really great on on the mound for them too. Um, he was also two for two at the plate and is batting over seven hundred. And then Jacob Blum is another senior um, from Soccer Rapids. It's at first base. He got a couple, a couple good balls. Um, because especially with, you know, adapted softball, it's in the gym. It's pretty small base pass. A lot of the plays are um, at first base. It seems like almost even more than um, a normal baseball game. So uh, you want to have a really sure set of hands there. And he was definitely provided that. Um, and he was hitting 762 through his first five games. So especially those three have just kind of been playing off the charts. Um, and they all performed really well in that game too. I think they are I got to remember, I think they're five and one now is four and one or five and one, but um, they're going to be playing the second place team. Um, I believe next week on Tuesday is their last regular season game. And, you know, there's head coach Mike Bach and he told me that they're still trying to decide if, you know, they're going to have hold a tournament at the end of the year. If it would just be like four teams, they would pick the top four teams and they would play for, you know, a, a state title, or whatever. I don't think there's going to be an official like, you know, normal state tournament year, but um, they're still trying to figure that out, but if no matter what, if there is or isn't, um, you know, they're one of the top teams in the state right now. Yeah. And I know they were supposed to play, I think it was like Robinsville Armstrong and Osseo and that, that combination, but I don't think they had a team. 
Um, so they had to take it a week off or, or something like that over the last week or so, but yeah, definitely a fun, fun story. And if you have a chance go out to SC times and check out Zach's article, he also had a really fun photo gallery with some of the kids, um, being able to play and such. So, um, kind of a cool, cool opportunity to go see them and for, I mean, we'll keep you posted on if, if they do have a section or a state tournament or not, um, we'll kind of keep you posted as we get closer and learn more about it. So, yeah. And you know, it's, um, it's just cool to see them play again. Cause you know, obviously, uh, you know, floor hockey state tournament got canceled last year and then didn't play softball. And then in the fall and winter for soccer and floor hockey, they only practiced. And I think it was only um, a couple times a week, even right now, I think they can only practice three times a week um, for softball. So it'd been, you know, a year and a half since any of them could compete in any sports. So just even being able to to play other teams again, I know is huge for them. And, uh, you know, they won state titles in 17 and 18 um, and they're, they seem like they could be poised to do something similar again. Definitely. No, for sure. I think the last sport that we kind of want to discuss before we head to another break is tennis, boys tennis. You were over at Apollo on Tuesday, yesterday, and was able to watch the two teams that we cover. So Cathedral and um, Apollo is co-opt with Sock Rapids this year. So we're able to watch that. Seemed like a pretty good matchup. Talk a little bit about what you saw there. Yeah, six to one win for Cathedral. They're also co-op with St. John's Prep. There's they're kind of split pretty evenly, I think, for a number of athletes, similar with Apollo Soccer Rapids. It's pretty, pretty even. And um, yeah, Cathedral, they were really dominant, especially in singles. Um, Grant Martin, their number one singles player, six love, six love win. Um, you can tell just watching that he definitely looks like a number one singles player. It really comes naturally to him. He he has a lot of different shots. He can utilize a good serve too. So um, he was really impressive. Chandler Hendricks won six to two, six to one at number two singles. Um, you know, a, a soccer and hockey player as well that um, impressed me with some of his tennis ability too. And then Matt Goman and Jake Maynard um, also got wins at singles. Um, Apollo Soccer Rapids, their one victory did come at number one double. Zach Stang and Tiernan Atterbury were able to beat Jonah Prom and Elliot Anderson uh, seven to five, six to four. So, um, good to see for um, the storm and Eagles as they go by. And, you know, they, they don't have enough where they have um, a number three doubles team. So they do have to, you know, that's already a point. They know they're, it's going to kind of come off the board just by numbers. Uh, they, only have eight, they only had eight people playing, um, but they still were able to perform pretty well. Um, in number four singles to uh, Cole Sawada, he was able to take it to a first set tie break that Jake Mater ended up winning. So um you know, I don't think they've got a win yet this year for Apollo Soccer Rapids, but, um, you know, showing signs of some competitive play. And for Cathedral, it was a non-conference matchup. Um, you know, they've had some some close losses this year, just kind of like we've talked about Tech throughout the year has. They lost on uh, Monday to Aitken, 4-3, uh, to three, who's a good team. Um, and Grant Martin was able to come back after losing the first set in that one um, and then win 6-3 second set, 10-6 in the the super tiebreaker. And, um talking to their head coach Lee. I know he said he just kind of came back as just looked like a different player um, in that game on Monday too. So um, he's definitely a name to also probably watch for just the section singles kind of as individuals, um, but cathedral, they, they seem pretty well-rounded. Um, you know, I'm just looking at past results too. They kind of, they shift around their guys a lot between, you know, two, three, four singles, who's playing doubles, you know, a lot of teams kind of, um, at some point kind of find that consistent lineup and stick with it almost the same every week. But 
it seems like they have a bit of variety in their lineup too, still trying to find exactly uh, what they want to do before sections start. Yeah, it looks like Cathedral's sitting at two and nine on the season, according to tennisreporting.com. Um, they're sitting at about two and nine this season with a lot of their losses have been four, three losses or five, two losses. Hasn't been a whole lot of like seven, zero. So shows that Cathedral is definitely competitive and they can definitely be able to, to make a, make a match close. Apollo's 0 and 11 this season with, like you said, it's tough to, to win a game when you already know that you're out a point um, to start off. So, and then Sartell is four and 11 this season with a few good wins against Wilmer and Apollo. Um, They were able to sweep both of those teams this season. And then finally um, the other team that we cover is tech tech is nine and nine this season right now, been able to get a few pretty good wins, got a nice win against Alexandria last last night, six to one. Um, and then we're able to get a couple nice wins against uh, Brainerd as well as Wilmer and Paulo um, Sock Rapids co-op. But a lot of their losses are four, three. If you just look at like their, their, <laughs> their schedule, Unfortunately, Tech has been on the loser side of a 4-3 matchup quite a bit this season. So I'm sure they're getting a little irritated by it. But, I mean, if you look at it, it's like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. Seven matchups that all are 4-3 losses, and they're 9-9. Nine and nine. So that just shows you how close those losses are. So definitely a team to kind of watch out for because I feel like they've been kind of getting – they've been, you know – up and down a little bit, but their, their players are kind of becoming more consistent. The last time that I went there, they finally had like their full matchup there and they were able to you know utilize all the players that they haven't been able to utilize yet because people were finishing up seasons or people were finishing up, you know, junior hockey or, you know, just different things like that. So being able to have the full squad back now, you can kind of see that, you know, they are looking pretty good. They got a nice one against Alexandria last night. And a lot of these guys, both team-wise, obviously they want to make sure to win as a team, but individualized, they could actually have a handful of guys making it quite far in the individual matchups. And yeah, definitely keep an eye out for Tech kind of as sections continue to approach, like we said, especially in that team competition as they continue to to kind of improve here as the year goes on. Alexandria was undefeated before that loss too, so Tech being able to go and get a 6-1 to win is huge, especially for their confidence, I'm sure is as we get to the end of the year. So we're going to take one last break here. When we come back on the other side, we're going to give some quick thoughts and notes on all the high school sports we haven't touched on and a couple of things about college sports too. So stay with us through this last break and we will be right back. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. You can continue to listen to us here every day or every week. I wish it was every day. That'd be a lot of work. Um, <laughs> every week here, you can also follow us on Twitter at SC Times Zach and at Brian Mosey. You'll notice a blue check by Brian's name now. We're all getting verified. I'm just extra salty because basically 
for some reason, my email wasn't in there when they first, when I did, when I made the account like two years ago, which I don't understand how you can make the account and not need to have that in there. And then they said, yeah, we can't verify you yet because apparently because my email wasn't right or whatever. So I'm salty and still waiting he's, on my blue check to come. He's not, he's not good enough for the blue check market. That's what apparently it sounds like, but <laughs> it's fine. Everyone's happy about it here. Uh, Dave and I might've made a little fun of it at him last night. Well, I know Dave's had it for like that. two years. So, um, <laughs> and I've just been waiting, biding my time and it was finally here and I missed my opportunity. So hopefully later <laughs> in the week I can get it. might have been a happy dance last yesterday when I got that blue check mark. I was like, because it's not because they what they do is they have verified Twitter like follow you. And once you get that, you know that you got the blue check mark. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> that's you wait for that one moment where you think you've made it your whole life and then you realize that's the one. And it's it's just that simple. So Hopefully I'll be able to do the blue check mark just makes your life so much better. Mm -hmm. So hopefully I'll get to join that club later this week, but you will. um, You're verified to me. So, well, that means nothing to me. It matters. (laughs) I don't care about you think I'm verified. I need, (laughs) I need clout and people to people to know, but um, (laughs) so we'll get there when we get there. But um, if it looks a little, we might be like, Oh, that's, that looks weirder. That's not how I remember it. Yeah. So we're, we're verifying um, all the, the media accounts just to make sure people know what's up. So um, make sure to follow us there. Also on Instagram, as always, and all the other social media platforms that uh, that we're on. So we're going to we're going to hit a couple sports here um, before we wrap up with some results. Uh, Brian, you want to start off with golf? Just uh, just a couple names or low scores you noticed that were impressive. Yeah. Um, shockingly, Logan Hammock, he he had a really good round again. Um, got a 72 at Rich Spring Golf Club on Friday. His brother Lance scored a 79, so pretty good outing for them. They actually finished second overall. Sartell did behind Moorhead. I think that was a pre-section tournament, so that definitely tells you some good signs because if you're only five strokes away from the top spot, that definitely helps you as you get ready for section time on Monday. Sartell Logan was able to get a 74. Lance was able to get a 78. August Falloon shot a 75 from Tech Apollo, which is a pretty good round for him. I think it's probably his best round this season so far. And then Tucker Hokinson got a 79 with Ricori. Um, and I think, yeah, Sartell was able to get a 320, which is third, um, while, yeah, the rest of them were kind of more at the bottom, just they had 16 teams overall competing that day. So a big, big crowd for that. Cathedral's Leo Warshe was able to get an 80. Um, and Albany finished first in that competition with Cathedral right behind them, only three strokes behind. And then on girls, on the girls' side, Abby Thielen was able to have a great week. She finished with an 85 along with Brooke Lemke on Thursday as Albany finished first in front of uh, Zimmerman and Malacca for their, their competition. Um, Monday, Elena um, Sablavro, she was able to get a 85 on Monday and uh, with Tech Apollo. And then Abby Thielen was able to get another nice outing with an 85 on Monday as well. Finishing the team was able to finish first with a 372 with Cathedral right behind them at 400. So 
some good outings. Um, Abby Thielen's kind of the main person that you kind of look at as the leader for Albany. And then obviously Lance and Logan, the, those, those two brothers, they've been having such a great season. August Falloon is now back. I know he was kind of finishing up. I think he was working on some hockey stuff at the end of the season after the winter season. So he's back on the team and he's been looking really good along with Tucker Hokinson, Andrew Snyder. So those are just some people to kind of look out for as you, as we get closer to that section time and at the end of the regular season. Yeah. And for um, track and field as well, a um, lot going on there too. As I've said many times, I hear too much to talk about. Um, a, a couple things to note yesterday, Albany, um, was able to win on the guys and girls side. Um, one of their Granite Ridge uh, quad meets. Um, they won uh, with 82 points on the boys side and 84 points on the girls side. Um, freshman Olivia Gable she set the school record in the mile um, at five with a time of 510. And senior Christine Kaltoff was only a second behind at 511. They've been kind of back and forth right there, right at the top for most meets this year. So I'm really excited to see when they are, you know, at, co- at a full conference meet with eight teams at sections, when we get to start to see some of these teams compete with more people, see where they all stack up. Um, but huge for her, especially her, her freshman season only to already be um, performing like that. I mean, she had really good times in cross country the last couple of years too, and on the track as a, as a seventh grader, but um, breaking that record early, I'm sure that's going to continue to drop as the weather gets a little nicer here. I'd, expect a lot of uh, there's a lot of teams in action Thursday too I would expect a lot of season best times coming up here uh with how great the weather is turning out kind of and it sounds like for the um Apollo meet it re- originally was only going to be a uh, dual meet with Bemidji instead they've added on Tech and Alexandria for a four-team meet which uh the Central Lakes Conference hadn't been doing it all this year but with new COVID guidelines and stuff they're able to do it so um it sounds like there could be as many as like 400 athletes at at the meet or something you know kind of feel like you know traditional track meets kind of what we've we've got what we worse we what we used to be used to wow i'm just losing my mind here at the end of the podcast Uh, Uh, yeah (laughs) words are tough but um we'll get through it anyway there's not much left but uh (laughs) i'm i'm excited to see where some of those teams stack up it just we haven't got to see it very much this year it's so hard to tell kind of where people are at in a dual meet but it sounds like the meet's going to kind of be seated too. So you're going to be in the most competitive heats with the best people. Um, and yeah, at Apollo on Thursday, I'm really excited for that meet. Yeah. Then if you haven't had a chance, make sure to go out to sctimes.com, check out the, uh, the track and field honor roll list that uh, Zach has been making up over the last few weeks. He's been doing a nice job just because of the fact that you only have two teams competing at one time. You don't really know where the scores stack up in, in the conference or within the region. And so Zach's been doing a nice job of kind of putting in some of the top scores and what those top scores are like compared to other people across the state and such. So definitely make a make a point to go out there and check those out. But yeah, definitely be nicer to see some more competition and some more teams com- competing together um, before state tournaments in the middle of June. So definitely a, a good thing. And kind of transitioning into the last high school sport girls lacrosse on Thursday, Sartell Soccer Rapids was able to get a win um, 11 to five against big Lake. That was a nice win for them. St. Cloud lost 14 to seven to Monticello. Grace Miller was able to get six goals though. On Friday, Sartell Soccer Rapids lost a close one, 11 to seven to Grand Rapids. 
And then on Monday, um, St. Cloud was able to get the 10 to six victory over Sartell Sock Rapids. Grace Miller had four goals. Faith Miller was able to get six ground ball possessions um, while Haley Deans had four saves. And then finally, on Tuesday, just yesterday, Ricori was able to get a 13 to an 11 win against Laconia. Um, Kendra Orbick was able to get three goals, and Olivia Tronbeck was able to get three goals as well. So, some nice outings for the, the girls across. Um, I know it sounds like St. Cloud is definitely looking to get, they have a little bit of an easier schedule coming up. And so, trying to get a few more wins before that regular season ends would be huge for them. Definitely. Yeah. Especially for, for seeding in that section. That's, that's really strong. Um, it's kind of tough to break through. And so we'll see, see if they continue to, to move in that right direction. I know, I know Sartell Sock, when I saw those two teams play the first time, St. Cloud got up by, you know, like 10 goals, 10 plus goals. I think this time Sartell Sock Rapids was actually leading, um, you know, at the half and St. Cloud had to come back and have a good second half to beat them. So this kind of shows that um, the Storm and Sabres have come, I would say quite a, quite a ways just within the last couple of weeks and recording now with, with two wins beating big Lake and now Waconia too. Um, nice to see them get in the wind column too. So all the girls across teams seem to be uh, coming along a lot just here in the, the past month. And um, last thing to touch on before we wrap up is college sports. Um, a couple stories I just put together this week. One is on St. Cloud state hockey, who I caught up with their head coach, Brett Larson. He was back from a much deserved vacation the last couple of weeks and, um, talked about how basically which seniors are coming back, which is a lot of them that played last year. Um, they're going to be pretty stacked next year. It seems like overall, just, I think their top 11 scorers are going to be back. So, um, they're definitely going to be reloaded to try to get that national championship that eluded them. Um, and also their, their schedule is going to be really exciting for people, especially longtime um, Huskies fans. There's going to be Minnesota coming for a game. Um, you're going to have Wisconsin coming, um, you know, you also have St. Thomas playing their first ever Division One game. It'll be at at St. Cloud, Mankato, Bemidji State, um, kind of all the local schools. They're gonna you're gonna be able to see and um, a lot of like home and home series where one team's there Friday, one team's on the road Saturday um, for those close games, which which kind of saves on travel and also just lets each fan base get kind of a taste of the teams instead of you know those non conference series where you don't get to see someone in a year. So um, a lot of excitement there, and I think. People are going to be really jazzed, especially with how they did this year. Um, they're going to be ready to actually get back in and pack Herb Brooks National Hockey Center next year. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And then also this week, basically every college baseball and softball team um, in the area has their postseasons for conference tournaments and region tournaments, all that stuff. Um, so there's a lot that are, you know, kind of top seeds are going to be hosting the first game, but then probably going to have to go on the road or to neutral sites um, for future rounds. So um, put together a roundup of that on sctimes.com and definitely take a look at that if you're you're interested kind of where all the teams stand as the week goes on. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, honestly, 11 returners back doesn't sound like that great of a team, you know? I mean, they only made it to like the national championship this past year, so. I, mean, I know, it's not even just 11 returners, 11 top scorers, and then you have scores 14 through 20 or so as well. So, yeah, it's, um, I think they're going to kind of, unlike this year where they were kind of the underdogs and, you know, weren't ranked top 25, I think they'll have no problem being yeah. being ranked in the top 25 <laughs> to start next year. I'm pretty confident on that one. I just, so. I just like the fact that, you know, I think I think this whole three teams being in the final, in the Frozen Four this past year kind of sparked a lot of, like, we should have some good matchups with Minnesota teams and such. And so like having that matchup with Minnesota or Mankato or 
you know, just Bemidji State, those different places. It's kind of fun because I think a lot of hockey fans really enjoy the fact of being able to see two Minnesota teams play each other. So, yeah, and it's it's something they've been kind of working on for a couple of years in some of these cases to get some of these old rivalries back um, at home for the fans to see. And um, it kind of seemed to all come to fruition at, at a good time here with a, I'm expecting a really good team next year. So it should be, should be an exciting outlook for the Huskies. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, I think that kind of wraps up this podcast. Once again, thank you everybody for taking the time to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. We will be back next Wednesday as we get ready for another week of high school sports. And like you were talking about college, college playoffs happening for baseball and softball. So make sure to stay tuned and return back next Wednesday as we get ready for another podcast. Um, As always, make sure to check out sctimes.com and hit that subscription button. Um, We always appreciate some subscriptions and being able to, you know, give our content to the readers um, on a daily basis. So make sure to do that until then though, I think that'll kind of, wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you again next time.